What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. All right, guys, we're back again with another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Today, we got a special guest, Fernando Angelucci. Yes, sir. All right, Angelucci. Let me get fire real quick. Uh, So, Fernando is a 28-year-old senior managing partner of Titan Wealth Group based out of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, His first read, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, was when he was 16 years old and subsequently started his first business at the age of 19 while attending the University of Illinois uh, at Champaign uh, Urbana. When Fernando graduated with an uh, an AG, sorry, bio and bioengineering degree in 2013, he went on to work at a Fortune 50 company. Is that correct? Fortune 50? Yeah. Fortune 50 company and immediately started investing in single family homes on the side. By the age of 23, he was able to replace some of his income and exited the nine to five life, begin investing in single family, multifamily properties full time. By 24, he began purchasing value add self storage facilities. And within two years, he started pooling funds from his investors to build ground up class A self storage facilities to hold, sell, and publicly trade REITs at asset maturity. So let's start, start off with the first question because that's a lot. Yeah. In that one paragraph, <laughs> you know, from the age of 16 all the way to 29. Wow, you've covered a lot, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. So the first question I always ask the guests, welcome to the show, by the way, is why are you passionate for real estate investing? Right. So, you know, my my history kind of starts with my parents. So they they were immigrants to this country. Um, you know, they really work their asses off to, to, you know, just provide a, you know, solid home life for me and my brother. And I always saw how much they would grind and grind and grind. And, you know, looking at that, I, I figured, you know, there has to be a way to, you know, achieve financial freedom without taking 50 years to do it. Right. Hmm. And so that's when I started reading about real estate when I was 16. And I, f- I found out passive income is, is truly the way to wealth. Um, it's about acquiring assets uh, that kick off positive cash flow. Um, so I, I went through the whole gambit of doing single family homes and multifamily homes and all that. And, you know, I was still having a lot of trouble with that passive part. You know, what people don't tell you when you when you buy your first rental home or your first rental apartment is that it's not set and forget it. It takes a lot of work and you have a lot of issues with the tenants. Um, so I was looking for an asset class that was a little bit easier to manage. And that's when I actually uh, came across self-storage. You know, self-storage is, is uh, encompassed by lien law as opposed to, you know, tenant law or eviction law. So when someone doesn't pay you, it's a lot easier to collect and get them removed. Um, you know, with, I'm here in Chicago, the, the tenant landlord laws here are super tenant friendly and not friendly at all to investors. And it can take six to eight months to get someone evicted out of unit legally. Um, self storage is the exact opposite because it's lien law. As soon as you put stuff in my units, I now have a lien on top of that 
that stuff. And if you don't pay, usually within 45 days, I can auction off all of your, um, you know, your belongings and, and recover the, the unpaid rent. And then the turnover is, you know, 30 minutes as opposed to having to paint and do the carpeting and, you know, put the property on the market for two months and pay a, you know, pay a, a realtor to get it filled you know, you're losing three, four months of profitability just from one term. Whereas in self storage, you know, the stuff is auctioned off. I get a maintenance person to go in and either blow out the dust or just, you know, shovel or not the broom, you know, sweep the, the unit. And within 30 minutes, I have a new tenant in there, you know, paying full market rate. Um, so I, I really started leaning towards self storage. And then we've sold basically our entire rental portfolio off and replaced it with self-storage facilities. This last 12 months, we've purchased uh, another six facilities. So, and next year we're, we're looking to buy another 14. Wow. Yeah. I'm in the, I'm in the wrong business, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a punching bag as you was talking. Like, <laughs> turnover is 30 minutes as opposed to waiting forever and, a couple of grand to paint and change carpet. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right. That's great, man. I'm, I'm glad for you. I mean, I mean, I get it. It's it's tough and challenging. And, and and for people who, especially for people who's new who get started, who may hear this podcast or, you know, be intrigued about becoming a real estate investor. They just right. see maybe the the other life, the 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 people portray the you know, the shiny objects, the cars, the boats, and everything right. else. They don't know that. And this is serious work, you know, serious work, but it do give you the freedom and time that you want. And, you know, if you are successful and right, setting up the right systems and putting people in place, it can become freedom. You know, if you hire the right property manager, which we all know it's very tough to find, but they're out there. You know, nothing against property manager companies. There are some guys who do the right job and make it easier for property owners. But I, I kind of like that transition that you went from. So let's get into that a little bit. You, you talked about a few key points. Uh, that really resonated with me with the self-storage thingy. So you said that um, the turnover is 30 minutes. So it's just taking somebody's stuff out, broom sweeping it clean, spraying it down possibly with some, you know, nice deodorizer spray, and then that's it? Like, wow. Yeah, so that's the, it. So the due diligence part on – what is so about you? So you liquidated these assets and you ran across this to self-storage. I mean, it's the type of lender that you would find a financial on that. Was it difficult? And that's why you're trying to transition to finding, like, private money or doing syndications. How does that go into it? Because now, residential, is this a regular lender? And you go from there. Yeah, actually, um, I have uh, I gave a presentation in Collective Genius about this. It's actually the opposite. Lenders love self-storage. They actually – they prefer it over uh, a lot of the other real estate asset classes. And that's because there was a lot of studies that were done by the, the you know, National Association of REITs and as well as Intech Solutions. And so here's a, key, a couple key stats, right? So um, when it comes to losses, right, uh, self-storage is considered a safer loan for a bank than say single family or high risk multifamily. And that when you look at the data, it's, it's proven. So, Self-storage across all the real estate asset classes has the lowest number of defaults um, per thousand. And then of the rare few properties that do default, the amount of loss experienced by the bank is actually substantially lower. So for example, so you're a multifamily guy, right? You know, as when, when multifamily, it's, I'm looking at TREP source data here. Um, multifamily when disposed, 
the banks on average will experience a 4.38% loss. Self-storage is at 1.52%. So you're looking at, you know, a magnitude of three times less um, loss towards the bank. So this, this actually has helped us quite a bit. Um, the last two properties we closed, we closed with 100% loan to cost. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have to even raise any money. The bank gave us all the money we needed, including... Uh, uh, funds to do the value add as well, physical improvements. Um, another thing that I always look at too is the when you look at the return over uh, a you know statistically significant period of time. So let's look at um, 1994 to 2017. Okay, over that time, there's already you can say that there's probably two recessions in that in that timeline. Um, from 1994 to 2017, multifamily returned on average an, an annual average return of 13%, whereas 13.3%, whereas self-storage has re returned on average an annual return of 17.43%. So that doesn't seem like a big difference, that 4% in return, but that 4% compounding. So if you put 100 bucks, or let's say you put $100,000 into the S&P 500 in 1994. In 2017, that 100000 would be about 532000 If you put it into apartment buildings, that 100000 would be about $1.7 million, $1.77 million. And if you put them into self-storage, by 2017, that 100000 would have been $4.02 million, so almost doubling um, the return over that period just because of that extra 4% compounding. So when I look at both, you know, higher return, but then also lower downside risk, not only to the investor, but then also to the banks, it basically became a perfect storm for me. And I was, I was sold. I'm a big numbers guy. Um, analytics are kind of what drive me when it comes to real estate. Um, so Okay, so let's let's talk about the bad times, right? So we all lived through 07, 08, 09. I have some historical losses on that. that. I was just thinking that you would think that your that business would be better because of the foreclosures and people needing places to store their stuff. Right. You would think that that business is like almost recession proof. Like how? What happened? Yeah. So I wouldn't say that it's it's recession proof. I'd say more it's recession recession resilient. So there was a little bit of a loss still experienced, but very slight. So when we look at the National Association of REIT data from 07 to 09, the S&P 500 dropped 22 percent. The mortgage industries dropped 19 and a half percent. Multifamily did a little bit better. It, it dropped only 6.7, 6.8 percent. Self storage again. Again, this is across all the REITs, right? Self storage only dropped. 3.8%. So half as much drop from multifamily to self-storage. Um, and then when you look at the, the type of tenant base that you have in times of distress, when people have to either downsize because they can no longer afford their mortgage or they have to move into a smaller rental because the rent payments they were paying before was too much, you know, they're not going to throw away their kids you know, drawings that they made for them when they were two, three years old. That's just not going to happen. There's an emotional component. So they're going to look to store that. And when you look at the cost per square foot, it makes a lot more sense to go from a 2,400 square foot apartment down to a 1,200 square foot apartment and then go rent, you know, a 10 by 10, an extra 100 square feet for an extra 80 bucks a month because that difference. So the arbitrage in downtimes, self-storage is, is one of the things that, have stayed pretty steady. Um, 
and that's one of the things that we're preparing for now in, in a lot of our equity raises, we're telling a lot of people, hey, you know, there's going to be some turbulence on the horizon here, probably in 18 to 24 months. I need you to put some capital aside that's not going to be affected by the markets because when that happens, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for us to pick up, you know, brand new class A facilities that were just built and we're, we're going to be able to pick them up at cost below um, what the builders built them out for because they haven't experienced any, any positive cash flow. Usually on these ground up developments, especially in the REIT grade space, you're looking at 100 to 120,000 net rentable per facility. That's going to take a solid 36 months from breaking ground um, to you know being cash flow positive. But once it becomes cash flow positive, they're they're cash flow beasts. You know your break even rates are much lower than what you experience in other real estate asset classes. We're talking, uh, you know, anywhere in the if it's unleveraged. 35 to 36 percent occupancy if it's leverage you're talking maybe 66 to 68 percent occupancy is break even um, so if we can get into these areas when the economy is taking hits and we can buy these facilities that are maybe in month 12 of lease up or month 24 of lease up so they haven't broke even yet and these people are feeling the squeeze that's going to provide a lot of value and equity for my investors and then once we stabilize it that cash flow is going to be consistent every every month, and it's going to really help weather a lot of storms. You know, a lot of investors they don't just invest in one asset class; they have a portfolio. So I tell people, if you don't have self storage in your portfolio already, you know, think about adding maybe ten percent, fifteen percent of your available investment capital into self storage because that's what's going to help you weather the storm when your office buildings are, you know not doing well or your medical is not doing well or your industrial is not doing well. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I, oh, man. I'm, I'm ready to take more notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you my, my, my last couple of Collective Genius presentations so you can I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. This is, this is good because kind of give a different perspective of a different asset class in the market. And, um, you know, the main points that you discussed, I'm sure the lenders would definitely appreciate it. Right. Um, when you compare the two versus multifamily residential uh, cash flow versus uh, self storage. Now, are you guys targeting? Because I know you mentioned brand new facilities that will be a bonus uh, to mm -hmm. be able to capture some of that when the market, when the turbulence comes to market. Right. But what is your model now? Are you buying mom and pop stuff that is going out the business? Um, and yeah. So where you at from there? Yeah, we have um, it's we have kind of three aspects of our business on the self storage side. So what we started with and what is the safer of the three is we purchase value add facilities that are already cash flow positive, but due to you know management inefficiencies or because the mom and pops operate as a second business, not their primary business, they're losing a lot of um, they're losing a lot of ancillary income. So. Perfect example is I'll, I'll find a facility that's maybe got an expense ratio of 50%, maybe even higher than that. Um, I'll come in and within 18 months, I'll turn the facility around, I'll raise rents, I'll drop expenses. And then when we come out on the other side, we're usually at a 25 to a 30% expense ratio. Um, the nice thing about self-storage is it's a commercial asset, so it's valued based off of the income generation potential, right? So if I'm buying a property at, call it a 10% cap rate at 50% vacancy, 
um, or 50% expense ratio. And then I, over the next 18 months, I put in a marketing plan. I put in management softwares. Um, I raised the grade of the facility. Maybe I'm buying it as a class C facility, but then I put in security and fencing, automatic gates, you know, automatic uh, ways for tenants to buy, pay for their units and even, and even clean them out or access them. I could bring that C grade facility up to a B or a B plus, uh, depending on what I do to it. So now let's say that the going cap rate for a B grade facility is 6% or 8% in that range, depending on where you are in the, in the, in the geography. Um, and then I've also increased the net operating income by maybe 50 to 100%. I've now created a, a huge amount of equity. My very first deal, you know, when I was just cutting my teeth was in um, a small town in Illinois called Yorkville. Uh, we purchased that property at, I believe, a seven cap. Um, we increased rents by 28% across the board within a f the first couple months. We dropped a lot of the superfluous um, expenses that the owner was experiencing. And then within, so that property we bought for just shy of a million dollars. Um, and within 18 months, we increased the value by 600,000 by doing very little. We didn't, we didn't do anything physical, the property. We didn't put in secure new securities, fencing, anything. All we did was just increase rents, drop expenses. And within 18 months, we created over half a million dollars in equity. Right. So these are things that are very achievable um, for the, the newer investors starting out. And I'll be honest, you know, I, I love teaching people about self-storage. Anytime anybody wants to give me a call, I've been more than happy to sit down for a couple of hours and show you how to do it. But what I found is a lot of people, once they understand that you know what you're talking about, you have access to the capital, you have access to the debt, you know how to do the management, 99 times out of 100, instead of them just going and doing it themselves, they just say, hey, Fernando, here's a check for 200000 Why don't you just go put it into your next deal? Yeah, I get it. You know? I get it. What challenges? I mean, we can all sit here and talk about the great returns and yeah. how the businesses, but, you know, every business has a challenge. What challenges are, are you facing in that market? And what are some of the things you're doing to, to uh, get beyond that? Yeah. So, you know, technology is a massive disruptor in any industry that it presents itself in. Self-storage is one of those industries that for some reason it took a long time for technology to really break its way in. Um, so there's still a lot of facilities that are operating on the old school model. And now you have these new companies coming in that they're, they're basically providing a, a, a fluid transaction where, where where you never, if you don't want to, you don't even have to interact with a human being. You can go to a kiosk, you can rent your unit, you can rent 10 insurance in a lock, you can go to, you can use an app on your phone to unlock the doors to get to it, unlock your specific unit and have it, you know, retract up so you don't even have to use your muscle power to open it. Um, and then same thing with uh, the marketing and advertising side. There's now a lot of technology going into that portion of the space that helps with you know, finding the tenants, where are they coming from? Um, what are they looking for? You know, what are their habits? Uh, what will help you get the sale? So the way that we've been trying to keep up with that is just by, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. We've been putting in a lot of technology into every one of the facilities that we buy. It's one of our 
very first physical value adds that we'll do after we already get done with, you know, the lowering of the expenses and raising rents and increasing marketing, you know, we'll start putting in technology that allows them, you know, 24 hour access to the facility. They don't have to interact with the human being if they don't want to, if they want to, there's an option to do that. Um, they can get into the facility. They can, you know, unlock their units with their phone. If they have any maintenance requests, they can all put it through their phone. You know, and nowadays everybody, everybody does everything here, right? For us, you know, the old school method of self-storage was it has to be on a, on a road that has a lot of traffic because that's how you're going to get your tenant base. Now, over 68% of our tenants come from the very first way they reach us is by searching us online on their phone. They don't even need to drive past our facility. And then it just comes to being, you know, are you competitive and are you offering the amenities they're looking for? Clean, safe, well-lit, you know, secure storage facility. Yeah, I see a lot of people marketing and promoting um, a lot of syndicators sell storage in, in shopping centers and shopping malls, finding right. some of the, the big places that went out of business where it's empty space and they go in there and, you know, maybe buy the, that section or, or lease that section for a long term um, and basically put it, put it there so people could do shopping and go to their storage at the same time or grocery and go to their storage at the same time. So you guys geographically trying to set up in areas where there's shopping centers or groceries or where you just find the best? Yeah, so that's another model that we have. It's called adaptive reuse, where you find these commercial, you know, warehouses for a better, you know, better term, you know, maybe a Kmart or Circuit City that went out of business and then setting up in there. The reason why that's advantageous is, A, you're ready in a, usually these places are on Main and Main, right? They heavy traffic counts there's a lot of dense population urban you know maybe multifamily housing or planned unit developments so that's number one the second advantage of doing an adaptive reuse deal is that you already have the shell so if i can if you know on average it's going to cost me anywhere between 60 to 72 dollars a square foot to do a ground up development but if i can get a hundred thousand square foot kmart at you know, 11 to 20 bucks a square foot. And then I could do the interior for 15 to 20 bucks a square foot. Now I'm at 40 bucks all in for what looks like a brand new facility. But I just shaved off 20 to 30% of my cost of, if I were to actually do a ground up development. That's awesome, man. This is another great episode of PFREI. I definitely appreciate you coming on. Make sure you guys go check them out at Titan Wealth Group. Now, you mentioned something, you know, you spend time with people. We know yeah. there's a lot of tire kickers out there, so I don't want you wasting your time with people calling. I know you all about adding value, so you guys, if right. you catch this, please, this guy have a lot of value to add. If you're serious about doing it and you're just looking for some direction, you know, reach out to Fernando. He'll definitely, you know, extend an olive branch and, and help you out. Um, what are some other ways uh, that can help you? I know on social media handles is the Titan Wealth Group. And I'm going to give you a site again. Is it uh, TitanWealthGroup.com, Facebook. Uh, they have Facebook here, social media. Well, that's all the Titan Wealth Group. On, um, yeah, just Titan Wealth Group. You can search yeah. that. You can search my name, Fernando Angelucci. And, you know, I also, my business partner thinks I'm crazy for doing this, but I give away my cell phone numbers on these podcasts. So if you're ready, if you're ready for it, it. I'll, I'll give it. it. All right. So it's, it's area code 630-408-8098. Eight zero nine zero again. That's six three zero four zero eight 
and I, I swear to you, this is my actual cell phone number. It's funny how many times people will call me and they'll, they'll think that they're, they're about to get a recorded message and I, you know, I say, Hey, it's Fernando. How can I help you? Or they shoot me a text message and I respond right away. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just want to provide as much value as I can. And I know, especially your listener base, um, they're a little bit more sophisticated in general and they will have some pointed questions that I can definitely help them answer as opposed to spending you know hours at a time searching on the internet to find it. That's awesome, man. Another great episode of PFREI, Passion for Real Estate Investments. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Catch us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all the other great social media handles. Thanks a lot, Fernando. I really appreciate yeah. you coming on. Talk to you great. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day.